0: Welcome to LifeWords Day by Day. Today, we are studying a passage of God's Word that reminds us again, as churches and as individuals, why we can trust God in life and in death, why we should constantly depend upon Him for our everything. We are reminded again why His glory, His fame, should be paramount in our aims and affections. In this passage, Luke sets up a contrast of two seemingly powerful people He puts the power of Herod up against the power of God. And as we begin to read chapter 12, Herod is flexing his muscle. This is Herod Agrippa, the grandson of Herod the Great, who was in office when Jesus was born and was the one who ordered the slaughter of the baby boys in Bethlehem in hopes of killing Jesus. Herod the Great was so power-hungry that he murdered his own son because he viewed him as a threat to his throne. After his father's murder, Herod Agrippa and his mother were sent to Rome, and Herod Agrippa was schooled and raised along with the children of Roman rulers. And this proved to be beneficial for Herod Agrippa. When he became an adult, these childhood friends were in power, and one of them, Caligula, gave him the title of king and made him ruler over Decapolis, Galilee, and Perea. A few years later, another childhood friend, Claudius, gave him rule over Judea and Samaria. So he was king of the Jews, now ruling over Judea, Samaria, and Galilee. But even though king, Herod was hardly a secure person. He spent most of his reign trying to earn and keep the people's favor and praise. In particular, he made every attempt to please the Jews, especially the favor of the influential Pharisees. And it's this that led him to turn his wrath against the Christian church. You will notice that chapter 12 begins with, about that time. Well, what time is Luke referring to? He's referring to the time of the spread of the gospel among the Gentiles throughout the regions beyond Jerusalem. The gospel was being preached. You can have your sins forgiven and be reconciled to God through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Turn to Him in faith. That was the message going out from the church. And this message infuriated the Jewish people, especially the Pharisees. To proclaim that a person could become a child of God without becoming a Jew in religion angered them. And without needing a viable reason, Herod arrested some Christians. One in particular was James, and Herod had him executed. And seeing that it made the Jews happy and wanting to retain the praise of men, he went another step and arrested the most vocal of the apostles, the apostle Peter. Well, it was the time of the Passover, which according to Jewish custom, you couldn't hold trial or make judgments. So just to be sure, Herod Agrippa had Peter arrested and put him under heavy guard. Sixteen soldiers were assigned to him with the intention of having Peter brought out after Passover to endure a mock trial and then executed. Perhaps Herod had been told about the previous arrest of Peter and John and how they had been miraculously delivered, but that wouldn't happen on Herod's watch. Peter was even going to have to sleep with two soldiers chained to him and two soldiers guarding the gate. And all of this was to display Herod's power in order to further Herod's purposes. He was in essence saying, I can put an end to this little sect of Christianity. Their power is not greater than my power and their purposes will not stand against my purposes. So the church was threatened, put in a hostile situation to where the church's purposes and power were being opposed and even attacked by Herod. Does that sound familiar? Do you think we can relate to that scenario today? Does the church face threats and opposition even in the good old USA? What exactly is threatening and standing against the church today? Well, we are always under the threat of seeking the praise of men instead of seeking the glory of God. We are under the constant threat of seeking the praise and approval of the community instead of seeking God's glory. We're under the threat of racism. In our modern-day context, it's far too easy to view people as the enemy instead of the mission field. So let me challenge you. Do you view Muslims as enemies or as the mission field? You see, because our fight is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers and authorities and principalities in the spiritual places. We're being faced with the possibility of not being able to speak out against sin and sinful behavior We're we're being faced with the possibility of muted pulpits So what do we do when the enemy threatens the church? What do we do when the enemy threatens God's community God's means of spreading his fame and glory? What do we do? Can you imagine what the Jerusalem church was thinking or feeling at this time? They had faced persecution before but now it was one of their main leaders James was killed, and now they have Peter. The church's run of success and growth is over. Herod's power and authority is too much for the church. Barnabas is off to Antioch, which was a great thing, but it left a hole. You already know that public opinion is against the church in Jerusalem, the martyrdom of Stephen, the persecution that followed that. God was doing amazing things in other places. And we've heard about Cornelius being converted. We've heard that Paul was converted. But what about that church in Jerusalem, God? It would be hard not to let your focus fall off of God and land on the surrounding circumstances if you were a member of that church in Jerusalem. So what do you do when the enemy threatens your church? You make God's fame your aim. You make God's fame your focus. But why should you do that? Well, look at what it says in verses 6 through 11. Acts chapter 12, verses 6 through 11. Now when Herod was about to bring him out, on that very night Peter was sleeping between two soldiers bound with two chains and sentries before the door were guarding the prison. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood next to him and a light shone in the cell. He struck Peter on the side and woke him saying, Get up quickly. And the chains fell off of his hands. And the angel said to him, Dress yourself and put on your sandals. And he did so. And he said to him, Wrap your cloak around you and follow me. And he went out and followed him. He didn't know that what was being done by the angel was real, but thought he was seeing a vision. And when they had passed the first and the second guard, they came to the iron gate leading into the city. It opened for them of its own accord, and they went out and went along one street, and immediately the angel left him. And when Peter came to himself, he said, Now I am sure that the Lord has sent his angel and rescued me from the hand of Herod and from all that the Jewish people were expecting. We see that the power of God is laughably more powerful than puny man. And then at the end of the chapter, it's almost comical. Once again, we find Herod Agrippa exalting himself. And look at the power of God. Acts chapter 12, verse 21. On an appointed day, Herod put on his royal robes, took his seat upon the throne, and delivered an oration to them. And the people were shouting, the voice of a God and not of a man. Immediately, an angel of the Lord struck him down because he did not give God the glory. And he was eaten by worms and breathed his last. But the word of God increased and multiplied. Listen, Isaiah 42 verse 8 says, I am the Lord. That is my name. My glory I give to no other nor my praise to carved idols. Daniel chapter 4 verse 35 says, All the inhabitants of the earth are accounted as nothing, and he does according his will amongst the host of heaven and amongst the inhabitants of the earth. And none can stay his hand or say to him, What have you done? God is going to accomplish all of his purposes. No matter the obstacles, God will accomplish his purposes, and none can stay his hand. So that's why we make his fame our aim we trust him with our lives that whether through persecution prison or even liberation he will prevail and he will be made famous that's what this passage teaches us god's ways will never be thwarted when you pray today please remember ali chambers his wife Anetta, and their kids nathaniel samuel benjamin they're planning a church in memphis tennessee also Remember to pray for the Cebuano broadcast in the Philippines.